Max RPG Podcast. I'm in Max, 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 Max! Pursuing the RPG hobby with reckless abandon. Why, hello! This is not a full-on episode. This is just sort of an update about what's going on. And uh, I, But I, I am going to read one email. Um, our, our regular show is going to uh, start again uh, this coming Friday. Um, we've been in the process of transitioning over to online um, using um, some kind of conferencing solution so that we uh, don't have to all be in the same room. Uh, not that we are you know, exceeding the limits for groups of people, but just to be safe. Um, so our games uh, will start, will resume, and they're going to be remote and online. Um, I was trying to come up with a logo for Dolby 19.1, which is what I would call the sound features that you'll hear in that, because the, the sound quality will be a little, a little less, but that's understandable, I think. Um, the uh, Friday show uh, will continue. Again, it's probably going to be remote. Um, and I think that's about that. Uh, I had a. Did you ever have that that epiphany when you GM a lot and you're, uh, <clears throat> especially if you run more traditional games where they're kind of prep heavy, where you've had that moment where you've realized that under different circumstances, if you were exceedingly rich, you could probably be a supervillain. I had one of those epiphanies a few nights ago. I was just kind of thinking about you know what's going on right now, and I thought. What would a supervillain do to make this worse? And I came up with a horrific thing. I'm not even going to say what it was, but it's like, wow, yeah, yeah. No wonder most GMs are on search are on uh, watch lists. Uh, I got one email for you. I'm just going to read this real quick and, and give you a little bit of um, um, advice on it, and then we'll go back to uh, then I'll shut off because there is a stream tonight. Um, please bear with us with the streams because people are going to be ironing out their their uh their systems i think we're using zoom for the for conferencing um there, there's going to be there's going to be technical issues there's going to be a lot of false starts um but uh, and and also we don't i mean we don't do our show that way we don't do our games that way we all sit at the same table the vast majority of the time and uh so if you want to make a drinking game out of it you can do that too so because of the fact that we're not used to the lag that you get with uh, things like Skype and Zoom and things like that, uh, if you hear two people talking at the same time and one of them says, no, no, go, go. You know, what I'm, you, know, you know exactly what I'm talking about, I assume. You take a drink. Have a lot of alcohol on hand and expect that you're going to get completely hammered because that's going to happen. Um, you may want to call a friend to watch you to make sure you don't you know, drown in your own vomit. Uh, okay, uh, this email is from DNC. Do not conflate? I don't know. I like playing in horror tabletop RPGs, but I find I'm absolute shit at playing and GMing them. As someone who used levity, probably uses, levity to cope with and manage other emotions, I have a habit of breaking tense moments with humor or deflecting good character movements. Moments. Uh, while this is also probably a good question for a therapist, uh, I'd still like to be able to play some cool but more intense games. What are some good ways to run or play games where maintaining tone is necessary? Do you think it's important for the actual gameplay rules slash mechanics to help ensure the tone of the game that the game is going for? 
Last, can you suggest some games that excel in enabling gameplay for their tone through their mechanics or otherwise? Um, what did they, what they do, and how? <clears throat> Horror is very hard to run. It is. It, it, Stork has mentioned this many times. It will become Scooby Doo if you if you aren't trying to maintain the tone and maintaining the tone. It really is the responsibility of everyone at the table. The first thing you have to do if you want to make sure that you are running a horror game that is going to be able to maintain this sort of dark, somber, serious tone you want with a horror game is player selection. If your table is made up of people <clears throat> who are jokers, you're going ha- you're, you're to have trouble maintaining that. That's number one. Number two, you have to have a conversation before the game starts. You have to have a conversation before people agree to play in the game. Hey, I'm going to run a horror game. I want to run a serious horror game. But I only want people who are into running it to having a serious horror game. If you're going to joke around a lot and, 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 you're, and you're not going to take it seriously and you're going to try to turn it into something it's, uh, that I'm not intending, please say you're not interested because I'd, I'd rather have you not play than sabotage what we're trying to do. I mean, you don't have to be that mean about it, but you should have that conversation. I think that's very important. Probably more important than, than player selection. Because you can... The, the thing is, you're, no one is going to... I mean, ex- here's an example. Our Call of Cthulhu game, Murmurs at the Abyss. We all... Everyone at the table signed on to the fact that we were going to run a serious game. It was going to be... Uh, uh, you know, Call of Cthulhu, the, the way the... The designers intended. That's what we were planning on running. A dark, serious game. And most of the time that happened. We had one session where one of the players missed, and I don't think most of us even realized how his attitude when he sat down at the table really kind of helped enforce and encourage the sort of tone we were looking for. I'm talking about Jim, who plays the character of Isidore Holtzman. Jim sat down, and his character is a very tragic character anyway, so he kind of gets into that. When he sits down, it's there's like a cloud over the table. And when he was missing, we were joking around a lot. And near the end of the episode, if any of you happen to have heard that episode, we talk about the fact that his 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 absence caused the game to, be, to have a lot more levity than than we wanted or expected that it was going to have. There was a lot more joking around, a lot more side conversations. And when he came back, we, it, it took most of that session to kind of get back, get our heads back into that sort of, um, that sort of mindset. Um, third, I would say, take it easy on yourself. Um, there are times when, you, when people are going to crack jokes just remind everyone that you're trying to run a, 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 a serious game. I don't think there's any reason to, to make it more of a big deal than that. And if you happen to do it, because I've done it myself, and I'm the one that said I wanted to run a serious game, I've made those jokes myself. Um, just know that, I mean, it's a natural tendency for people when they're scared to come up with or uncomfortable about what's you know a, a situation or they're feeling tension or whatever it's natural for some for so, at least some people probably most to crack a joke if they have a sense of humor if they don't have a sense of humor then then, then they're going to crack a lame joke but you have to uh you have to cut yourself some slack because it is going to happen and just because it happens does not mean mean a session is a failure or a 
a uh, campaign is a failure. It just means you had a little slip, and that's fine. And, and sometimes, maybe having the people, when they feel so compelled, even though they know they're not supposed to do it, and they feel so compelled to crack a joke at that moment, you know, the whistling past the graveyard syndrome, maybe that's a signal that you did create the kind of tension you were trying to create. Maybe having someone crack a joke like that, unless it's low-hanging fruit jokes, because, I mean, there are people that always go after that stuff, but if, it, if someone was cracking a joke in that sort of nervous way that you do when there's a high level of tension, that's kind of a sign that you did something right. So I don't know if that's necessarily a failure on anyone's part. That's just a sign that you're doing what you're trying to do. <clears throat> the other thing you might want to do is come up with some kind of way to maintain the tone and enforce the tone. In the Call of Cthulhu game, we have X cards out. <clears throat> the X cards are there for the traditional reason X cards are there, but they're also there for tone. Um, and they've been used a couple times when side conversations start or they get too long or people you know, start cracking jokes. More than one, one joke, no one taps the X card. But if, if a second joke happens or if it starts to turn into a thing, someone will hit it and we're all like, oh, yeah, 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 we're not, we're not here to do that. Um, so that's, a, that's not a bad idea to have. And, and also, and I've said this before, um, having another reason besides uncomfortable uh, topics to use an X card is going to normalize its use. Because I, I've seen games where X cards have been out and no one has used them. And someone probably really should have, but no one wanted to be the first person to do it. If you have other reasons why you can use the X card, eh, that makes it perf- a perfectly normal thing. It's like, oh, Stork told a joke. I'm going to hit the X card. Tappy made an inappropriate comment. I'm gonna hit the X card, and if, and and once it's get it gets used, that sort of breaks the seal. You know what I mean? That that allows other people to do to do it as well, for, possibly for different and maybe more serious reasons. Um, and I'm trying to think if there's anything else that I need to talk about. I think that's pretty much it. In Ten minutes. Um, are there are a couple people in the chat room. Hi, chat room. Uh, I can, I can, if you guys have any questions or anything, I can gladly, uh, answer a question quickly before I sign off and go back to what I was doing. And, uh, of course there's a huge slag on that. Um, so the the Friday show is going to happen. Um, like I said, it is going to be remote. Um, we have a, backlog, a lot of backlog of emails. If you've ever had a question, now, right now, we're just getting to emails that were written in January. So we've got about a three-month backlog on emails right now. Um, uh, so, if, But if you want to write emails, because, you know, there's not a lot to do, especially if you're sitting at home, um, if you want to send us an email or something like that, please do. Uh, happyjacks.org. No. Happyjacksrpg.com. That's happyjacksrpg. Oh, my God. <laughs> I can't do the I can't do it without a piece of paper in front of me. HappyJacksRPG at gmail.com. That's happyjacksrpg at gmail.com. And of course our shows, uh, the the advice shows Friday at 7 p.m. ish Pacific time. Um, that's Pacific Standard no daylight. It's daylight time right now. So uh, that's about it. Um, I think I'm gonna call it and I will uh, talk to you guys on Friday. Um, and again, uh, for those of you who listen and watch the APs, please bear with us. Um, there's going to be some, some, uh, hammering out of details and, uh, trying to get 
all of the d disparate parts to work together nicely. So that's it. Thank you very much. And I'll leave you with the anthem. Is it this one? Yeah. We're listeners of Happy Jack's RPG Podcast. We get all our game news from douchebags galore. With reckless abandon, we pursue this hobby from Michigan to Australia and maybe East Timor. Be it Well done. Look at the flower.